0: All right, before we get started, I have uh-huh. to say I need okay. to remind people okay. that 2099 is a useless year and we need to drop that universe because they haven't, they haven't gone past the year 20- 2100 has yet to hit in the 2099 universe. And we've been <laughs> telling stories about it for the last 22 years. It needs to stop. It's the end of the year. <laughs> We're going into 2022 <laughs> fresh without... Freaking 2099. Thank you for your time. New, Roll new, new year, new year.
1: 2022 right? is the year of 2100.
0: Yes, please. Like, <laughs> I
1: don't. <laughs> but here's the thing is that they don't track real life years in 616. <laughs> they will say that in 616, something that took place, you know, in contemporaneously when they were publishing 2099 for the first time at this point, they'll say it happened a few years ago, but also 2099 gets so much less publishing attention. Like maybe, maybe these like, I don't know. No, it's, it's all dumb. It's very stupid. I agree with you. Kang is even over
0: it. I'm tired. Kang has traveled all the timelines and he's like, yeah, I was hanging out in 2099 and it's, Surprisingly, kind of boring now. So it used to be so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I'm kind of getting getting this this might be total heresy and sacrilege, but I'm kind of getting past the point of making excuses for certain things in comics. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just like when when something happens and you're like, "What's the takeaway for this? Is this like a next issue takeaway?" Is this a next trade takeaway? Is this until the next creative team takeaway? Is Ugh, this something yeah. that will ever be referenced again after this creative team? Or or is this like actually going to be a foundational part of this character going forward? Yeah. And I think, you know, the further and further we get away from new characters really, you know, like the 60s for most prime Marvel characters and you know, the the decades they were introduced for most other, like you just have fewer and fewer, like less and less room for actual foundational moments. And, and it's <laughs> it kinda, true. It, I don't know. This is something that I really like admire about the way you read comics is that you're, you're looking for these takeaways and <laughs> like the question of what's the point doesn't matter or like, isn't. Like who who completely irrelevant, like right. sidestepped all that. Whereas like sometimes well, I just kind of get bogged down into like, well, okay, yeah, what does this, this mean? was this was huge. I'm, sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry. yeah. No, I totally agree. And but like, so I have adopted some of your thinking with like, well, as far as like takeaways. Like, if this is the newest thing, this Mm -hmm. is now establishing the new norm and undoing what was done in the past so they can move forward with new stories. Right. I have a couple of those examples in in my pile. (laughs) Right. And also, like, Werewolf by Night. And I guess, OK, yeah, in
1: that sense, it is it can be very interesting because it's it's not like you're really breaking new ground with this character. But what you're doing is you're you're looking for new stories to tell through the lens of this character mm-hmm. and, you know, setting up particular plot situations to be able to tell those stories. OK, 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 OK. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I hear you man we we read a lot of comics we read a lot that
1: that's really our biggest problem
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it can it can
1: yeah it's it can be tough sometimes, <laughs> but also, you know you find the things that are actually genuinely new and interesting
0: it is yeah it
1: and is a lot of fun. and those are moments of pure magic mm-hmm. i i uh I watched shang chi oh really yeah on the plane on the way home yeah what'd you think i really liked it it was a lot of fun yeah aquafina as katie
0: was just incredible like absolutely i i I wanted that to be so bad and obnoxious but like it 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 was absolutely fine i think there's there's like this she like for her character got rid of the like scratch in her voice mm. or like most mm-hmm. of the scratch in her voice. Sure. Cuz when I'm li- when I listen to her like uh she was in the second Jumanji or technically the 4th Jumanji movie, but <laughs> <laughs> she was in the oh, latest no. Jumanji movie yeah. and like her her voice just has that kind of like horse rasp to it. Yeah. And I don't like listening to her like say more than a couple sentences Uh uh-huh okay and that's just personal preferences nothing against her as a person or a character (laughs) it's just i don't i'm not a fan of her voice and so going into shang chi knowing that she was like shang chi's like best friend that's going to be like the 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 normal civilian perspective of this movie yeah i was like no but not but like Either she got rid of it or I just didn't care because I liked the movie so much. But yeah, it was, yeah, that was a lot of fun.
1: I was not familiar with her work at all. And I thought she was so funny. Yeah, just absolutely made the movie for me. I'm going to do a deeper type of missing scene on the next pod that we do for a different movie that I watched also on an airplane. But I have a, a small missing scene for Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. I thought that Trevor Slattery deserves one more scene, especially in the big climactic battle. Everybody is, you know, you kind of have Katie get her moment where she
0: turns into Hawkeye.
1: Yeah. And you have uh, Shang-Chi's sister get her moment and aunt get the moment, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like all of the characters that you've established, the, the dad gets the moment. Everybody kind of has, you know, their are they're part of the fight where they are deemed necessary and redeemed in a certain way. But a slattery doesn't get that moment. And I felt like I, I kind of, I picked apart what it could be and I thought it would be fun if he had it. So I'll just go into it. So <laughs> battle's going poorly. Everybody's getting their asses kicked. Right. And it's just like they're feeling beaten. Morale is low and slattery. He, having been reawakened as an actor, as a Shakespearean actor, you know, in his, in his time in servitude, rises up and sees his moment and he delivers Henry V once more into the breach, dear friends, once more. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives the full rousing speech and at the end of it, he cries, God for, you know, God for Harry, England and St George, and everyone looks at him like, bro, we're in magic China right now like <laughs> and he says well right, the whole the, not the whole thing worked, but
0: uh, uh. I could see I could see that yeah the uh there would be an argument that that's not his full character like I guess he he would have to be inspired to actually want yeah. to be a lead and not just only the actor <laughs> right
1: well he in instead he plays the the Falstaff role mm-hmm. you know he, cow, cowardly and you you root on his cowardice i can see it. that'd be fun yeah i mean that was that was the where he's playing
0: dead with the with morris the mm-hmm. the creature yeah morris was fun Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I had a handful of friends post like how come nobody told me about Morris I want Widen. <laughs> and I'm like oh jeez." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah Morris is pretty cute yeah absolutely Which episode? Which books are you talking about? This episode. I'm doing two books because they're both seven issues long. Oh, okay. We're going to start with Ted, Ted Nahesi Coates Coates's Black Panther. Oh wow! I I thought he was
1: he'd been off of that for a while.
0: Now this is in his ninth volume. Oh wow! The, okay. It got renumbered. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big fan of it but okay I can give you I think this is the first time we've talked about this storyline we have which is, which is interesting yeah this is the intergalactic empire of wakanda okay this is part 4 and so I'd have I I need to give you the three part <laughs> breakdown real quick it's but, it's becoming more and more
1: clear to me why why you're only talking about two books this episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's weird, and it was all over the place. It felt all over the place. I don't know, we'll talk about okay. it. Anyway, okay. And then the other one is Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2 by Al Ewing, titled Here We Make Our Stand. And there are parts from when I covered the first volume that I didn't think was that important, that apparently had ramifications or whatever follow-ups from into here. So that will okay. be a thing and then i was kind of excited about this one because there's a little like teaser bit for king and black Mm -hmm. which our next episode i will be talking about not our next episode but uh in january i'm gonna be talking about king and black and there's so freaking many volumes of king and black oh my Uh, god january might be the month of king and black i don't know we'll see but I'm so excited. So anyway, so those are two things we're going to talk about. Yeah, now I'm going to start on Black Panther because yes. of the two, I'm least excited about this. One. Okay, and I feel bad because Tennessee Coates is a best-selling author. He's <laughs> he's a big deal, and the fact that we are able to get him into Marvel yeah. is also a big deal. Well, but you know, it, it takes some
1: time to learn the medium. And oh also, yo, yeah, no. And also, like he's he, you know, he's not even he's
0: not a fiction author, right? Yeah. His first volumes on Black Panther were not good. It was just like full of exposition boxes because Mm -hmm. he was still figuring out the comic book medium. Yeah. And that he has pictures to tell what he wants. Right. And since then, he's definitely gotten better. I knew he was a fan of Hickman. And I
1: I wasn't sure whether this was, you know, just like getting used, you know, just kind of like... Getting used to it, or or whether he was just doing a Hickman esque slow burn to big
0: mm. wild shit. I think if you are thoroughly invested in the first eighteen issues of Black Panther mm-hmm. that he had, this volume definitely kind of feels like that Hickman okay. payoff. Yeah, yeah. Like he introduces a good number of antagonists to T'Challa in his mm-hmm. run, and he like keeps bringing them back. And nice. introducing more and more team ups for all of them to come in and for like a big like two and a half issue free for all at the end <laughs> cool okay <laughs> but yeah okay so Black Panther and a galactic empire part four part mm-hmm. one takes place in i guess the future like it it okay. didn't explicitly say, but all of a sudden we're talking about The intergalactic empire of Wakanda, and
1: okay, so there wasn't like that's not the payoff to a long storyline of establishing.
0: Oh, okay. We like you start in space. Interesting. With a bunch of Wakandans and legendary names like T'Challa and Mm Mbaku and Okoye and Nakia are titles given. To someone who has earned the right of that name. And you have the Intergalactic Empire is kind of the size of the Shiar. That's huge. Yeah. And it is a, and and like it has taken over parts of the Shiar, it has taken over other like regalian and other areas of the universe. And you're Mm -hmm. like, holy crap. And in between issues, you get this like one-page breakdown of. What is the intergalactic empire intergalactic Empire of Wakanda? And you have uh, uh, just like it keeps on just going and it's talking about these things and reviewing them like you're supposed to know what's going on. Cool. And I was thoroughly confused to the point where I texted John, I was like, "What is this? Yeah, what did I miss?" And he's like, keep reading. I was like, "Damn it, John. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's it's like a watchman
1: style. Back matter exposition drop in order to kinda. catch you up on. Okay.
0: I'm going to read you this one page sort of breakdown that kind of gives you a generic catch up on everything. Okay. So, Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. Also, I found out I'm terrible at pronouncing intergalactic. <laughs> <laughs> I've messed it up almost every time I've said it so far.
1: Never, never join the Beastie Boys. <laughs>
0: Planetary. Anyway, so it says, Some time ago, King T'Challa sent a party of Wakandans through a time-distorting wormhole where they founded a second Wakanda. One that quickly forgot its peaceful ways and established an expansive empire across the cosmos. Sure. Against the the acquisitive power, there rose a rebellion of ex-slaves, the Maroons. And then T'Challa came to the Empire and was captured, stripped of his memories, and made a slave. It was the Maroons who liberated and restored him. With the Maroons having killed his enemy, Emperor N'Jadaka, the... Black Panther has now returned home to his own Wakanda, but in Jadaka, via his symbiote suit, secretly survived the Maroons' attack and followed T'Challa to Earth. Now he has taken control of T'Challa's ally, Changamire, forged an alliance with the superpowered insurgents Zenzi and Tetu, and launched an invasion of Wakanda Prime, all while seeking out the body of Eric Killmonger, a foe <sighs> T'Challa defeated years ago. That is some wild shit. okay. Yeah, that that that's a lot. It's crazy. So the first two cells are basically the first two volumes of the Intergalactic (laughs) Empire of Wakanda. (laughs) (laughs) You have a T'Challa that doesn't know his history, and then you have the Maroons, and you're just like introduced to this new Wakanda. Yeah, like what the hell? Okay, then like, but like the reveal of it being in the future and him having to. Sending the the party out uh, into mm-hmm. through the wormhole in the first place
2: mm-hmm.
0: was not a big reveal. It was just like, <laughs> oh hey, this also happened. Moving on, and yeah. <laughs> it's like I, it just didn't. It's so like the weight of the reveal didn't feel weighty.
2: Mm-hmm. But, you know, sure, yeah, wondering. yeah,
0: yeah. So you have in and he has a symbiote suit from the future. <laughs> Who doesn't have a symbiote suit these days? <laughs> I know. <laughs> And they're going to use the symbiote suit to revive Eric Killmonger. Right. Zenzi and Tetu are like defectors of Wakanda that have a lot of spiritual powers. They're, they're magic-based. Okay. They're not like tech Wakandan-based. Yeah. They kind of represent the, and the antagonist side to Shuri because mm-hmm. in the comics, Shuri is all spiritual and magic. Right. Yeah. It's very different from the MCU. And so they've been like, they've been kind of blending the two lately Mm -hmm. because, you know, success and money. Right. But whatever, man. (laughs) Okay. So
1: (laughs) there was a full rant. We just sidestepped there.
0: (laughs) It it was (laughs) just, just, just this whole, like, Well, this is a second rant, but like when Chadwick Boseman passed away Mm -hmm. and there's all these petitions and stuff about don't replace T'Challa and just make sure Black Panther Mm -hmm. totally makes sense. They did it in the comics and I'm like, the comics had to build up to this. (laughs) (laughs) You don't just like in between movies like Chadwick did an amazing t'challa yeah. iconic yeah. but i i'm not necessarily convinced that you don't ever cast a new t'challa mm.
1: yeah it'll be very interesting to see what they do there yeah because like on one hand like well they recast you know hulk and they recast war machine Rody like, yeah they weren't the leading guys on any future movies like the mark ruffalo hulk movie is never going to happen because of universal's
0: ownership right right so yeah it's tough i mean we'll see what happens but with this universe personality blending of tech and and mystical shuri it's kind of funny because the tech shuri you see in the titles that she's, like, cameoing in. Uh Uh-huh. And she has, like, her panther gauntlets and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. But ta Coates does not care about the (laughs) (laughs) texture. She is all spiritual shit. Nice. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. With this whole thing, you've got a Killmonger symbiote. You have Zenzi and Tattoo. You have this whole, like an army of defectors from Wakanda because they did not believe in T'Challa anymore. So there's, there's a pretty sizable force that is trying to take down Wakanda prime. Mm. Seems like there always is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, magic ensues, symbiote brawls ensues and T'Challa to gain some more allies goes to the spiritual plane to to talk to the past black panthers. Okay. And I thought this was super interesting mm-hmm. because on the plane with all the black panthers, they all share, you know, their collective memories mm-hmm. and they basically kind of renounce t'challa for not doing everything he could to protect wakanda because since t'challa has been been in charge he's had this war with doom and that varia and made all vibranium inert on earth he's been invaded by a phoenix empowered namor that fucking flooded wakanda right (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then with all the incursion stuff t'challa was unwilling to Mm -hmm. destroy an earth in order to save both earths and, and, and in doing so save wakanda And so all of them were just like, you are no king. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, you are still a child. You are Mm -hmm. not willing to make the king's choice. And all this stuff. Like, the same kind of, like, especially with the incursion stuff, the same kind of stuff that Namor was giving him shit about. (laughs) Like, all Uh of the past Panthers are giving him the same shit. Interesting. Okay. uh, Yeah. And so... I love seeing other people not forget what other people have done <laughs> in comics. <laughs> yeah. For the same stuff we've been talking about. <laughs> so, like yeah. usually things just happen and it just happens for that story and then we move on. Right. So when it gets referenced later, it's yeah. just so it's oh it's just it's like oh, it's the most beautiful fucking thing. you you're
1: all trying to tell the
0: same story after all. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> So, in order to gain their favor and allegiance, he has to fight all of them, mm-hmm. all of the past Black Panthers. So that's wild. Njadaka slash symbiote slash killmonger are pulling in other future Wakandans through the time portal. And so, like, they just have this like endless barrage of forces. Bast is a character in this. Okay. The Panther God Bast, she yeah. has taken the form of this little child. Hmm. Like she in the future, she has lost some of her power. She's okay. weakened because the future Wakanda just doesn't have the same spirituality that Wakanda Prime
1: did. Sure. The the Empire, I guess, has lost that along with anti-imperialist
0: ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she is basically this godly connection and she's talking about how the Orishas, Mm -hmm. uh, which are other ancient god figures, Mm -hmm. they're turning their back on Wakanda as well Mm -hmm. to the point where they're just like, crap! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, God. And then... uh, (laughs) Uh There's this other reveal that I kind of forgot about so, before Wakanda, in the time before Wakanda, there were, okay. like, three races in the area. Okay. Two of which were pretty monstrous. By races,
1: you mean, like... Ethnic like human freedoms? races. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, so you have, like, ancient Wakandans. You have these, like, four-armed alien-looking guys. And then you have these <laughs> other... But not, like, so not, like, baseline
1: human in the same way.
0: No, they're just humanoid. Like, okay. so you've got four arms and two heads. Uh, oh, okay. And then you've got these guys, which are kind of, like, bug-looking yeah. type stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were locked away by the ancient Wakandans in order to create Wakanda. Okay. <laughs> So, we have gone to them, to these monsters and aliens, to help defend Wakanda in trade Hmm. for being released from their prison. Okay. I don't see anything that could possibly go wrong there. No, not at all. (laughs) So, they held both of the ranks. And then, so, the one thing that bothers me. Are you familiar with a group called The Crew? Oh god. Um the
1: name sounds familiar, but I'm going to say no. Who's the crew? It's,
0: it's basically all of the named black superheroes that they just hang out together.
2: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I hate
0: it so much. Okay, so okay. it it so the crew like originally the crew was like Misty Knight, Luke Cage, Falcon, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. That's pretty
1: much a bunch of characters who have, you know, so many reasons to
0: hang out with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm getting at here. So yeah, he brings the crew in, but then on top of that, he brings every named black hero Mm -hmm. In the Marvel Universe. And it doesn't make sense to me. Like, they have zero reason and connection to Wakanda. Mm -hmm.
1: Is there anything, like in there like do do they establish anything within the the text like hey like this is like sort of mirroring what Wakanda has come to mean to a lot of black people in the real world like this is a symbol of power and of you know possibility of black excellence or anything like that or is it just like
0: hey we're here I'm gonna let you guess (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of those reasons would be fine with me yeah one yeah. of those reasons would bother me okay yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay so like the people who have a connection to Chichala or wakanda i understand Sure. like storm storm cool. she's there she, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Luke has fought with him before. I get it. Miss, Misty and, and Falcon, they're on the crew. So, like, they'll mm-hmm. get a pass for now. <laughs> Other people who show up for this fight. Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Riri Williams, Ironheart. Mm-hmm. War Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's part of the crew. Patriot. Mm-hmm. Eli Bradley. The new Patriot. Who's this other black kid who has a flying shield rocket thing? Oya mm-hmm. from Krakum. Kroa. Yeah.
1: Bling shows up. I didn't know she was black.
0: Right? That is- I mean, she's cool. it's made it's- of crystal. How are you supposed to know she's black? <laughs> hey, okay, you know what? Though? I'm into you it. I, 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 like, I like that they're, you know, yeah. So to be racist. She's got black lips. Like, they make her lips very large. Okay. Even in diamond form. Sure. Who else shows up? Oh, uh, Nick Fury Jr. shows up. Rage shows up. Night Thrasher shows up. <laughs> Prodigy shows up. Mm-hmm. Photon is here. This guy who I don't know is here. <laughs> he, uh, uh, he's green and gold and he shoots blasts from his wrist gauntlets he yeah. looks like thunderball okay. from the wrecking crew sure but he's like tech
1: okay but
0: also thunderball is here <laughs> okay <laughs> i said so, photon C- cloak is here Uh-huh. but no dagger of course because she's white right and frenzy's here she's a great character yeah okay. she's cool this guy who is wakandan i forget his name oh uh that's gentle gentle yeah
2: Nishno.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I always I always mix him up with Shola, who is also a condon. And uh, I always mix him up with a Noel as far as like a name. Uh-huh. A no comes to mind. I'm like, that is the the absolutely yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Gentle is here. Let's see, Black Fury. We just like every named black character. And it's okay. just kind of obnoxious. Oh, uh Brother Voodoo is here. Okay. It's a real real
1: uh
0: real evening at the Apollo Theater. Yeah. There's cool names of, so Prodigy gets hooked up to a giant machine that is, like, shooting out different strategies for everyone, a la Cyclops on uh, Utopia. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a, (laughs) we're calling this Pale Justice, I guess, Photon, Monica Rambeau. Mm Mm-hmm turns into energy and flies into storm and she creates this massive lightning bolt the size of what we've seen in like thor comics and takes out like the command ship it's ridiculous it. that's pretty sick yeah it's it's the scenes are fun yeah but the reason they're here <laughs> is non-existent yeah <laughs> Eden Fessy is here, of course. Of course. Eden is the reason, is how he got all of the monster reinforcements to Wakanda. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) It's a lot lot of scenes and no text, which is cool. Yeah. Something you haven't really seen since Second Coming, Mm. really. Mm -hmm. In Second Coming, there's like one, there's like an issue of no text. Mm. And just battle scenes with the different Bastion Sentinels and stuff. But yeah, so like, it was... Cool to see, but just a lot of it, just, I don't see the reason behind a lot of what we did here. Sure. Zenzu becomes this new goddess. So Zenzu is one of the, she's like a, um, I guess you'd call it like a green mage. She controls like plant life and stuff. Mm, Okay. And then like mind control. And Bast can no longer use this child form that she's been using. And so she takes over Zenzu's body Mm, and she ascends to this new, like, godly being. And they gave all of the monsters a new planet to live on. (laughs) (laughs) They get their own Mormon afterlife. (laughs) Basically. It was just like... We finished the war that was building up for the last 25 issues. Sure. And that's kind of my main complaint, is I don't have something to be like, ooh, I can't wait to look for this. Sure. It was just, like, box checking. Yeah. Because, like, the symbiote Killmonger is done, dead, or Mm re-dead. There doesn't seem to be any repercussions for T'Challa taking on the past kings, the past panthers. It's a new day on Wakanda. Sure. Does it feel like a good... Because
1: this sounds like this is the culmination of Coates' run, right? Like, yeah, probably. And they're trying to leave a clean slate for the next team. Does it feel like a good climax or uh, settling of accounts? Or is it just kind of like, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I guess it's more just like we're back to... It's if this if this series never happened, nothing yeah. has changed. Sure, yeah, that's kind of my only complaint. Yeah, uh, like I I wanted it to have something outside of this, but that's mm-hmm. me being selfish. <laughs> I feel like I would like it more if I read it again, mm. having a better frame of reference for where this is going. Because sure. I think, and even just in my review of it just now, I kept on trying to place it in six one six, and. Yeah. If I read it as its own thing, especially jumping to the future the way it started, yeah. I think I could take more away from it, having this different frame of mind.
1: I might, I might do that reading sometime and I'll report back to you. Okay. I bought the first you know, handful of, of trades and stopped at a certain point and, and didn't actually read <laughs> very much of it. I have a very big problem with buying way more comics than I actually read.
0: Well, no. Way.
1: <laughs> I do not have that problem. And and then and then only reading the ones that I steal. But <laughs> But uh I'll I'll go ahead and I'll I'll start down that path at some point and sure. I'll let you know how how it, I especially, I imagine also being able to kind of binge it instead of waiting for the next thing to come out or like reading it all sequentially in a block instead of like Jumping over to another story for a little while and then yeah, having yeah, a catch more, yourself.
0: Yeah. It'd be more like reading a um, a novel right by Coates, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Is so, it Coates or Cotez? I think it's Coates. I think it's Coates. Okay. Yeah. I honestly have no idea. I've only ever seen it written down. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. With a different frame of mind, I think it'd be better. Mm-hmm. So, I, I may be doing it an injustice by reviewing it here. Hey, can only share the experiences that you've had. Yep. Okay, so Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Goodness. All right. <laughs> so, I felt like in the first 5 issues, which was volume 1, the only takeaway worth talking about was that Moon Dragon joined with another Moon Dragon. They like joined together. So, we have Moon Dragon from 616 And Mm -hmm. then we also had a Moondragon and a Phylavel from a different universe. Right. They came from a universe of, like, happiness. And they're married, and they never had any tragedies. Yeah. So, Moondragon is Drax's daughter. Yep. And the pain around, like, watching her father Go through all this because of Thanos, all this stuff because of Thanos, and then yeah. the whole pain of Thanos in general. This alternate universe, Heather and and Phyla, don't mm-hmm. have that. Interesting. They are from a universe of superheroes and happiness.
1: How do they meet, if not for the tragedy of Thanos? Kind of... Which skewing skewing <laughs> Heather's life into a very, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. I agree. <laughs> but, okay, but just just uh gonna gonna walk away from that then.
0: Yep. So there, <laughs> yeah. So we have that superhero moon dragon. And then our moon dragon did this whole like dragon of the moon thing, and she mm-hmm. can transform into a dragon mm-hmm. and all this ridiculousness. Anyway, the two became one last volume. Yeah. Other things that were happening last volume, <laughs> the Greek gods. Some of them have been revived. I think five of them have been revived. Okay. Greek gods being like Zeus and yeah. Hera and and the speedster, <laughs> Mercury. And Hath- yeah or not Mercury, Mercury is,
2: sorry
1: Mercury is Roman. the Roman version of um fuck, not Apollo.
0: <laughs> anyway, you know who I'm talking God about. Damn it. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> Hephaestus is in it Like there's There's just like A handful of New gods Anyway Hermes Hermes Yes thank you Boom And Star-Lord Kind of Perished Fighting them And finishing them Okay Uh, Comics happened And like Black hole went off And Someone had to stay behind (laughs) That classic trope Yes Mm Hmm. And no one else was able to do it. And so Nova and Star Lord went to go fight them. At the time, Star Lord was living a life of peace with Gamora on the planet. And Nova didn't have anyone else to go to because mm-hmm. of like the whole like Silver Surfer black stuff. And the last time everyone hung out, there was that giant black hole. And
1: which Nova is this? Is this Richard Ryder?
0: This is Richard Ryder Nova. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 Whenever I say Nova by itself, I for whatever reason, I okay. just know it's Richard Ryder. Because sure. whenever I'm dealing with Sam Alexander, I was always I'm always like Sam Alexander Nova <laughs> <laughs> because he's hashtag not my nova, I guess.
1: So <laughs> you always have affection for the one that you met first.
0: Exactly. This starts out with Richard Ryder doing some intergalactic space counseling. He has like a therapist that he has to like check in with mm-hmm. that has been mandated to him. And those conversations are kind of fun. Sorry, last volume we also had two different Guardians teams. One team had one moon dragon, the other one had the other, and then they crossed paths because they were both hired as on the opposite sides of the same like hit, basically. <laughs> now they are together as one, and Marvel Boy and Hercules are hooking up. Okay. Drax isn't. A pacifist anymore. <laughs> There's this guy who I believe they're calling the Uranian. No, Uranian is an, an, is an actual character. yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he's just he's like a pretty boy and he's very strong. <laughs> <laughs> Nova as the head of the Nova Corps mm-hmm. has to go to this intergalactic summit that is happening. The reason why he has to go there is because the leaders of the galaxy are meeting to discuss what to do with this giant intergalactic power shift coming from the Cree and Skrull joining empires. Okay. Yeah. So fallout from empire. A lot of,
1: uh, I would say geopolitical implications, but they are beyond geo. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cosmo, <laughs> cosmopolitical. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. So we have Kalert, the Super Scroll, mm-hmm. as a representative of the Scroll for the Cree Scroll Alliance. We have this other guy from the Cree as also a res- representative. We have a Regalian. Regalians are horsehead people. Mm-hmm. We have so- a representative from the Badoon. Uh, her name is Lani Koako of the Badoon Sisterhood. Okay. Everyone knows who Richard Ryder is because of the Annihilation War. Yeah. Kind of a big deal, Yep. <laughs> Sorry, not regalian
1: chameleons. Chimeleon. yeah. Re- Regalians are the large kind of. They kind
0: of look like gray aliens, except they're green. Yeah, probably. I I'm <laughs> with you. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we have chameleons. We have the Zinurks, <laughs> who was noticeably absent. Captain Val Lore is the is the Cree that's there.
1: Uh, yeah, these, these 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 and their uh,
0: insistence their on in- Mar- naming Vel. themselves English
1: puns. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we do have Regalian. It's Men- Menticle. Okay, she's she's a telepath. We have Oracle Two representi- representing the Shi'ar. Okay, Rich is the acting ambassador for Earth. You have Zorlis Gupa representing the Galactic Grim collective. We have the Badoon. We have Empress Victoria, who is the daughter of Jason, Queen of Spartax. Okay. Peacebringer, who is a Chitari. And we have Novar, Marvel Boy, who is the diplomat for the Utopian Cree. Okay. And then Clert. We have Valor being incredibly openly racist and hating on the Utopian Cree. Oh, of course and basically threatening Marvel Boy and his race, saying that they're going to bring them back into the Empire one day. Mm -hmm. And then they take a bathroom break. Marvel Boy's taking a piss. Valor (laughs) is in there, gives him shit, and points a gun at him. Oh, sorry. Someone from the council is already in the bathroom, and he's dead. And Novar is like, what the hell? And then Valor is like... You motherfucker It was you wasn't it By the power of You know invested in me By the Kree Skrull Empire I, sure. I deem you dead And so he points a uh, his gun at him And for whatever reason The thing flips around And then shoots Valor Right in the head Oh! And Marvel Boy's like Well that doesn't look good <laughs> the classic oh
1: i also watched the first two episodes of hawkeye and i appreciated the classic line well this looks bad
0: (laughs) right (laughs) i know this looks bad (laughs) i think i think the first volume every first page had that yeah like the first line of dialogue was always
1: this looks bad (laughs) <laughs> this
0: looks bad. I know this looks bad. <laughs> so Colert busts in because he hears a gunshot, and he's like, "Marvel Boy, well, you're guilty. So then we have this basically a whodunit crime scene investigation. Mm-hmm. They call in a, a neutral third party. Okay. And the neutral third party is the Guardians. So Rocket, Hercules, Moondragon, Phyla, and Groot, who can currently speak in normal sentences, sure. shows up. Groot's breaking down what's going on. And for whatever reason, <laughs> Groot is just like crime scene investigator master. Huh? Okay. It's funny because the way it's presented, it seems like a natural thing for it's written well. Yeah. It's like this is something that Groot, I mean, that Rocket is always gonna be good at, but like
2: mm-hmm.
0: his characterization up to this point is Wait, always you said. Rocket is is the crime scene investigator.
1: Or Groot is yeah. the crime scene yeah. investigator. Sorry, oh. Rocket is okay. That makes more sense to
0: me than Groot. No, yeah, for sure. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, so like it it's, it it works for Rocket for his character, and it yeah. came off super natural. Cool. But at the okay. same time,
1: you're like, I've never seen this before.
0: Right, that's not yeah. like he's he's the weapons demolition expert. Mm-hmm. He's not the like oh well this leads to this leads to this leads to this. So right. clearly that right. <laughs> so I mean it is what it is. They find that Peacebringer the Chitari, is a drone rigged to explode to bring an end to this whole treaty thing because the Chitauri mm-hmm. want no peace. No right. peace. Anyway. And so now they have to like deal with that. But that doesn't answer the question of w- who killed everyone. So Rocket says, hmm, let me see the gun. And he's like, okay. And then he gives Colert the gun and he's like, Execute uh Nova Prime, please. <laughs> or he says, Okay. Well, first he says, make sure this works. And he shoots the ground and it works. And he's like, Okay, shoot Marvel Boy, please. He's like, wait, what? He's like, seriously, just Shoot him. <laughs> and then uh Klert pulls the trigger and it flips back and shoots shoots Clert in the face. Oh, but Clert being a shapeshifter, he doesn't mm-hmm. keep his brain in his head. So sure he survives the shot. Yeah. And they're like, Well, there you go. <laughs> so clearly this was a frame, a, yeah. a frame job. So what's what's happening? And then he goes to the Badoon lady and is like, Well, you aren't who you say you are. <laughs> and he and she's like what do you mean he's like well you know the bomb was going off you didn't you never flinched this that and the other thing i, I read your character i, I read your like mm-hmm. micro uh, expressions and all this other ridiculous stuff so she's like ah well done and she drops this super sophisticated hologram that she's got and it's the profiteer we got introduced to the profiteer to, to the best of my knowledge we got introduced to the profiteer during fantastic four recently. Okay. I don't know if she's 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 an elder of the universe, and so that's why I'm not sure if we've seen her before. We mm. being the mm-hmm. general comics right. readership, yeah, yeah. But she's been a player recently with Fantastic Four. Okay. She basically she's the one that had was running that Coliseum where they have the that Skrull girl and the Kree boy fighting, and mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four adopted them and. Gave right, to ben and right, Alicia. right, 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 yeah. So they're going to be players in the next Fantastic Four book that I read. Mm-hmm. But that was a side book for Empire because right. if the Kree Skrull uh, war is no longer happening because it right. is a Kree Scroll Empire, fights between these two are no longer going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically she is a she's a gun runner. She, any, any type of conflict that she can profit off of, that's her thing. Okay. So for listeners, if you think of like the collector from like the Guardians movies, right. all he cares about is getting a thing and keeping it in his collection. Yeah. All profiteer wants is finding things and selling them and making a profit.
1: And this <laughs> comparison is apt because they're both cosmic elders of the universe. Yeah, elders, elders of the universe. I was going to say cosmic constants, but that's something else, right?
0: Cosmic constants are the are like death. Yeah. and um, turn, yeah. and chaos and yeah. entropy yeah. and the things that have type that are like named ideas, yeah, have physical concept, <laughs> physical yeah. bodies, <laughs> yeah, in the Marvel universe, as opposed to like the gardener, the collector, right. the profiteer, the the grand, challenger, games master, yeah, games master,
1: grandmaster. Grand Wait, no,
0: the grandmaster,
1: games master is the mutant.
0: Yes, <laughs> those are elders of the universe. Okay. That Depending on, I don't... Sometimes it's implied that they're all family, but I, I feel like they're family in terms of, like, creation and they yeah. consider each other brothers and sisters. Right. I don't think they all have the same parents. <laughs> right. But yeah, so profiteers behind this, and that was her gun... She basically wants to, she hates that the Kree Skrull Empire exists. She wants to incite more war and the Kree Skrull Empire for all of its history was the most profitable thing in her life. So Mm -hmm. she's trying to bring it back. Anyway, call her out, stop it. Treaty goes on. And then they get a message that Null is coming. (laughs) Okay. Well, that sounds like
1: a lead up to a crossover if I've ever heard one
0: uh-huh so <laughs> the issue immediately after goes into what's going on oh i guess i guess we have to so <laughs> so that that's like the cliffhanger and then the next issue you think you're going to deal with some freaking null king and black stuff but no <laughs> you get to flashback a little bit and you have when pete sacrificed himself to take out the reborn greek gods right we get to see what happened there yeah. They all got sucked in and the element gun that he has mm-hmm. that has never run out, of, run out of ammo was running out of charge. <laughs> and so it starts sucking in energy from around him to mm. start recharging okay. and it steals the like half of the energy of the gods around him.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, it's a powerful gun.
0: Yeah, and so we're starting to this is it's kind of annoying, but I'm going with it because okay. I don't know why I'm going with it. <laughs> because, like Will from 2 years ago would be kind of upset about this, but I'm but I'm just kind of I'm 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 here, let's do okay. it. Okay. So, okay. Let's party. The so the gun is like an item of legend and it freaking is one of the most powerful weapons in the war in the universe, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. He goes into this other dimension that th- there's like 12 houses and he's like, and time is stretched and he's trying to find how to get out of there. His universal translator is getting used to these new people that he's around. And they're like, Hey, and there's a, there's a woman and a man. They're like, Hey, welcome to wherever we are fight with us, learn with us, live with us and blah, blah, blah. And then years down, so one, six months in he's going on adventures with them, one year and then you're just like jumping through. One year in, he's hanging out with them, his hair's getting long Mm -hmm. and... You get a full montage sequence here. uh Uh-huh. Three years in, he's training with them and he's getting used to it and he's like, yeah, my almond gun hasn't run out of ammo yet ever since that one time. It was kind of weird, but... um. I'm sure I don't have to think about that at all ever again. <laughs> yeah, and they're like and they're like that's so strange. What power could do something like that? Because n- now with this new ammo it can do all t- kinds of crazy shit. Mm. He's like I've taken it apart a couple times, changed the housing, added a voice chip. I even built a second one, <laughs> but it's like a hieronymus machine and it won't work for anyone else. <laughs> Never seems to lose charge these days either. And it's like, bizarre, we could even power something like that. He's like, mm, something I hope is very, very far away. <laughs> then they're like, all right, hey, more adventures. Three years and 12 days, more adventures. And now he's starting to be definitely on the team. And then nine years in, and then 12 years in. and Oh, that's a long montage sequence. Yeah. And then at 12 years, he has accepted that this is his new home, home. And he kind of em- enters, like, a thruple with these two.
1: Okay, cool, cool. And then... Marvel Comics, more embracing of the polyamorous
0: lifestyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, across the top, you just have a list. Something four years, 36 years, 60 years, 96 years, 100 years. <laughs> and it's just going on and on. Like, time okay. is just really yeah, stressing yeah. out. And he doesn't seem to be aging, but he's... sure. But that's how much time. But his hair out. grows. His hair did grow. 143 years. So we have this thing going. It's like they're doing this like spiritual thing. Every sun is a circle moving in a circle. Master the circle, the orbit of the self, and you become the master of the sun. The only weakness in, in working your will is you. You have a scene of the woman talking to him, even studying our philosophies, though I don't remember that last part in the texts. And he says, just a false memory I got once back when I got the element gun, I think. It's like a thing from a culture story, a fairy tale, you'd call it. Does that weapon even have limits? And he says, let's hope not. Uh, would you believe it once stole the power of the, and then, hey, look, mm. 143 years and 12 minutes, the gods quill, you stole from the gods and we have the seven gods- uh, finally found him.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: locked our power away in that little prison, your thing of science and magic, your astrological weapon. But every time you use the weapon on this world, you set a little of our power free. You freed enough. We have enough. We have returned, Quill. And now how will you stop us? Okay. 144 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still going. Yeah. Okay. They're going, they're going. They get to the sacred this sacred pool. And he's like, okay, I need to go in here. I need to do this ceremony. And she says, okay, just don't forget us. Don't forget. So now we have him jumping down this pool thing and like art is happening. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have this. <laughs> okay. Do not fear for your reason, Peter. It is too late for that. I have made you a star Lord. You are master of the sun and thus master of the solar system. The universal radiant energy, the mind and the cosmos, the breath of life and the physical world. Are you seeking revenge? What of your oath of justice? Do you feel the basis of your life is wrong? And then he lands. He's like, holy crap, that was crazy. And then he's back on the planet and Rocket is like, wait, Quill, is that you? Holy crap. And he's like, you, what is this? Is this hell? What's happening to me? Oh crap, you should uh you should look behind you. And he says, why? And then it's one of the Grendel monsters from King in Black. Okay. From Null. Yeah. So now very much like making the Scarlet Witch a title in the MCU, Mm -hmm. they have now done this legendary Star Lord thing as an actual thing. And not just just him making a a name. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's star lord man it's star lord man come on <laughs> so
1: it's a, um, a star lord <laughs> who
0: <laughs> yeah so he shows up and they've been trying to fight this grendel thing and he's like hey you know what <laughs> and so, oh my god so you have this whole thing he says do you remember and he busts out his element gun, which looks all different. Because he so it used to look kind of like this like square blaster thing. Mm-hmm. His blasters, his element gun looked a lot like the blasters he has in the movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it just looks like this like pistol. Oh okay. Then we have this these floating quotes. It says, The weapon is invincible. The one weakness in working your will is you, but I have made you a star lord. You are the master of your mind, the mind, the cosmos, the universal radiant energy. And the 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 thing mm-hmm. powers up and he shoots and he shoots a hole through the head of the Grindel. <laughs> okay. It's nice to have that on your side. Right? This is the first time we've seen yeah. a Grindel dragon getting hurt <laughs> four elements under your control star lord the four elements everything but a concept in your mind's silver eye so star lord has gotten a giant upgrade <laughs> yeah my god In the span of one issue
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and so he's giving kind of a breakdown to nova And he's like, I spent over a century in Morinus, the land beyond all suns. I learned things there. The houses of man and the elements that bind them, the hidden orbit of the self. The element gun is not just a gun, not just a thing that destroys. It's a prism, an object of focus. I can focus myself through it like the sun. and so rocket's like what the hell did you turn yourself into a god while we weren't looking Pete?" it's like nah god would have thought to bring a flight pack along (laughs) (laughs) yeah so star lord is back after a few issues of not being there and they go and attack the grendel dragon and he kills it
1: he's sounds fairly anticlimactic
0: well he has this whole like monologue about this is the planet of my father's, ruled by my sister. My friends are fighting to save it. This is where I need to be. You say you're master of the dark, the void. I'm the master of the sun. You know what they say. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> oh. I'm and, sorry I asked.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
1: so. Let's stick with anticlimactic, actually, on second thought.
0: So he takes out the Grendel dragon and basically in that psychic connection to Null is like, F off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the seven seven gods of Olympus are coming back and he knows that they're coming for him. And so that's going to be a thing sometime down the line. Other things that have happened. Basically, you have more Star-Lord being OP and a new version of himself. You have the guardians fighting the seven new gods, and it's basically the seven gods versus the new guy who I forget Nova, Drax, Star Lord, Moon Dragon, Philavel, and Gamora. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a seven on seven. They pair off. Groot had to sacrifice himself during their approach. And Rocket goes and gets a little splinter of him. And goes over to, oh, the guy's name is Prince of Power. That's what he calls himself. Sure. Yeah.
1: Isn't that one of Loki's nicknames for himself?
0: That is one of Hercules's nicknames. Hercules' nicknames. Yeah. Rocky goes over to him is like, hey, I need you to uh, take this and think purple. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, please, I know you've got the Power Stone. In your body. That's why you're doing this whole, like, superhero thing. And he's like, oh, you knew, huh? He's like, yeah, this, that, and the other thing. And he did another, like, Sherlock Holmes crack the case kind of thing. Okay. He's like, I know every dirty detail. Prince Arthurone of Noblore. (laughs) So, yeah, if you want those secrets kept, think purple and get ready to run. So he channels some of the Power Stone into the Shard of Groot. And he comes back, and now he only says, I am Groot again. Ah. So we have an I am Grooting Groot. Let's see. Star Lord is Grooting all over the place. (laughs) Star Lord is upgraded. Star Lord took out Zeus with his element gun teamed up with God. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) Marvel Boy has a black hole bullet. And he gives his gun to Star Lord to fire, <laughs> and then with a a moon dragon boost to the gun, and the power of friendship. Shoots, yes, he yeah. shoots the, and the souls of into, all living people.
1: Raised their arms, raised
0: up. <laughs> he shoots it into Zeus's heart, and he dies. So. Uh, well, or goes away. I don't know. Sure. I don't know what it is. Anyway, end of that. They shoot. You jump to three months later and you have the new Guardians with their new suits. And the new Guardians are Phyla, Moondragon, Star Lord, Drax, Hercules, Rocket, Marvel Boy, Nova, Gamora, Groot, Colert, and Quasar. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've i missed. Apparently I've missed Marvel Boy because he was <laughs> so much fun yeah. to watch and read.
1: In Kieran Gillen's run on Young Avengers.
0: Yeah. 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 Fantastic. He's is, he is a fun character. I like him. Mm-hmm. And the upgrade to Star-Lord is really OP. Yeah. I, I, I feel like... Good God. The way they did it, it feels like it's it can't be temporary the way they went about it. Right. But I feel like it's got to be temporary. Yeah. Or I wonder if...
1: They're going to find some convenient excuse to write it out fairly quickly.
0: Either write it out or I wonder if they were like, you know what? You know, he and Nova are soups besties.
2: Mm. Like let's get them on similar power. As
0: Nova Prime is so insanely powerful, yeah, that maybe we should put Star Lord on the same level.
1: Just to be able to have get them to have more scenes with each other.
0: Yeah. So like it's it's not just like it's not tag teaming, it's actual like (laughs) co-op. So (laughs) that I wonder. Is their approach, mm-hmm. but like anybody on Earth that gets that kind of power up, that shit's you. You use it and you lose it.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Awesome. But yeah. Those were the the longer books. Nice. On the next episode, I have some shorter ones, but but kind of borderline reintroducing characters to start a new future, basically. Kind of like we were talking about earlier, in a similar vein to like how Werewolf by Night was a brand new take, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. But we're not getting a, a new person. We're just getting a new reimagining of two characters that hopefully we'll get more screen time later. Interesting. Okay,
1: that's a that's a good tease. Mm-hmm. Shall we jump into some No Let's do some
0: No Man, man. I have been, I've been curious. Uh, it's, yeah. It may be a bit much of a stretch to say that I've been itching, but I do (laughs) want to know what's going on. So last one we did was, I guess, technically the last was chapter 16, Doors in the World. right? And Nia says she wants 47 more minutes.
1: Yeah. And before that was the uh, Athenaeus chapter. Chapter 15
0: was Athenaeus, the alchemist and ex-lover of St. Augustine. Nomon is this demon thing is giving Athenaeus a quest to potentially get her son back. And that's, that's the same Nomon. Yes. The same, you know, post human
1: cons- construct Nomon has shown up in Athenaeus' journey within the Chamber of Isis to revive her son.
0: Yes. She crosses the five rivers of the underworld, last river of fire, and uses the Alkahest to create a door. Um, To open the door, she has to trade a soul. She trades Scipio. Mm -hmm. Scipio is the mucky-muck politician.
1: Basically, the analog of Oliver Smith in the
0: Mm Neath chapters. And Edea Dotis is the name of her son. Mm -hmm. And then I have the last thing I have from that chapter written out is Anna Magdalena. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember who Anna Magdalena is? I feel like I had to, have. there's a reason why I wrote her name down. I don't exactly remember why I would have. Anna
1: Magdalena is, from the Neath chapters, the woman with the split brain, whose case confounded the witness. Ah. And is kind of the precursor to the Diana Hunter case in terms of, she didn't exactly die in interrogation, but this is the closest there's, that there's ever been to it, of a person, you know, basically being, losing their selfhood, functionally dying. Mm-hmm. if not literally, okay.
0: and bodily. The last note at the very bottom of my pad here mm-hmm. is, so it says 40, 47 minutes for Neath, and then I have a quote that says, Athenaeus is breaking into the operating layer of the world. Yes. And then we had some discussion about, like, for
1: example, hacking vulnerabilities You know, exceed the data parameter, and you end up being able to write to a higher level of machine operability than the program that you were interacting with intended. So like getting all the way up to the command line or, you know, machine language when you thought you were just in a word processor program or something like that. Mm -hmm. So through the chamber, she is able to more directly interface with the world. There was also a thing where she saved fat Greek guy from a shark. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Or, or she was the shark and she declined to eat the fat Greek guy. So speaking of that fat Greek guy, <laughs> the next chapter is, is called Like That But With Teeth. And it's another sans serif chapter. And we're back to Kyriakos, of course, completing that mm-hmm. catabasis trifecta where we went Kyriakos, Athenaeus, Berihun, and now we're going Berihun, Athenaeus, Kyriakos. Excellent. And I'll recap Kyriakos because it's been a long, long time. So Constantine, Constantine Kyriakos is an investment banker who's secretly an all-right dude despite being kind of self-obsessed and phallocentric. He was a weird kid in school and nearly got thrown out for inventing math his teacher didn't understand, was taken in by the university math professor, who he called the old girl, and her husband, Kosmatos, a philosopher. He also fell in love with their niece, Stella. Well, Stella died, and then the old girl did too, and Constantine decided, fuck the math and the heartbreak, I'm going to make a shit ton of money. He was doing all right, and then he went swimming in the Mediterranean, and he had a close encounter with a great white shark, even though they aren't supposed to live there. He dropped his watch to distract it and escaped. Then he started seeing the digit 4 in his stock tickers, like the fin of a shark, with the point at the top, darting through strange patterns and crashing companies. And he saw them early enough that he could act on the knowledge and profit. Around the same time, he lands a new client, the Order of St. Augustine and St. Spiridon, headed by one patriarch, Nikolaos Megalos, a crypto-fascist. And it turns out, Kosmatos, the old girl's husband, has similar leanings. Kyriakos continues by partying, buying art, including Barry Hoon's painting called Nomon, and playing Annie's Game, Witnessed, and finding a particularly rare Easter egg. Finally, Constantine realizes the entire economy is crashing. He has enough time to fix up all of his funds except one to profit handsomely. The one that he drops is Megalos's, it includes Megalos's order. He realizes he's become one of the richest people in the world, and then he gets caught up in a giant riot. He makes it home safely, and when he gets back to his flat, he sees a woman who looks like Stella, but isn't. And not just looks like, but so uncanny the similarities in mannerisms and everything else that he briefly confuses the two. Then someone puts a sack over his head. So that was the first Kyriakos chapter. Now we get into this chapter. The sack was drugged. Kyriakos passes out, curses himself for not hiring security the moment he started getting his shark premonitions. He wakes up and sees Megalos. Megalos was always a, quote, muscular and formidable guy, but now he's downright terrifying. And, quote, I'm finding his stillness quite alarming. However long he has been sitting there, with one enormous paw resting inside the other, and it cannot be less than half an hour, it seems to me that he has been quite simply looking at me, focused on me and nothing else, and waiting. There was no shift in his posture as I became aware of him. No sense of patience rewarded as he spoke. I thought that was just a cool character note. That's a cool, yeah, I like
0: that (laughs) description. (laughs)
1: Megalos shares they did talk to an investigator in the government about Kyriakos. The investigator figured that Kyriakos must have some advanced knowledge given the financial moves that he made, but he couldn't find any obvious source. Megalos, being a spiritual person, credits the shark, the visitation of a godhead. He also says that the reason that he was trying to invest and make all that money was to engineer a revolution, a fascist coup. We've got a quote here. He says, I intended chaos. I had worked so hard within the church and among the rich, with the unions and the communists, with the fascists, even currying favor and distaste among all foreigners so that they would act in one particular way at the right time. I had made everything ready for confusion and dismay, for everyone to betray and delay for just long enough. All it needed was money to give it a push. The long enough lever, hmm? I nearly had enough. Next year or the year after, I would have been ready to make an even a small crisis into a large one. But now you have unleashed a greater chaos than I ever could. All my clever traps are sprung and washed away. And yet, what I wanted is granted me. The genie has not gone back into, the bo- into its bottle, my hierophant. Athens burns and Greece shall be torn no longer. Hmm. And Kyriakos makes a note. There's that word again, hierophant. So let's get into that. According to Wikipedia, its literal definition is, quote, a person who brings religious congregates into the presence of that which is deemed holy. As such, a hierophant is an interpreter of sacred mysteries and arcane principles. Comes from ancient Greece, where it was the title of the chief priest of a mystery cult of Demeter and Persephone, and specifically her abduction of Persephone by Hades and the catabasis to retrieve her. So, we've got some catabasis theming. But more popularly, the Hierophant is a tarot card, one of the major arcana, also known as the Pope. It depicts a holy man in a chair holding a triple cross in his left hand and his right hand raised in benediction with two fingers pointed up and two pointed down, demonstrating the bridge between heaven and earth or above and below. So, he's symbolically the bridge between deity and humanity or Megalos sees him as the bridge between the shark and himself. Mm -hmm. He's very, very commonly interpreted to mean marriage, but also interpreted to mean alliance, captivity, servitude, mercy, goodness, inspiration. And of course, in X of Swords, the Hierophant card was given to Doug Ramsey, himself the bridge between the mutants and Krakoa, and marriage featured prominently in his story. Anyway, because of this... (laughs) Uh, because of this economic collapse, Megalos has his chaos. And now that he has captured the fabulously wealthy Kyriakos, Kyriakos is like, oh, cool. Now you can get your money. I'll just, you know, you, you're you holding me hostage. This is the, like, there's kind of a fuck you aspect to this. But also, you know, this is chump change. What, what Megalos is going to need for his revolution is, sure, whatever, take it, fine. But he also kind of wants to fight it because... Fuck him. But then he just asks straight up, What do you want? Megalo smiles. Oh, Kyriakos, you are the Omphilos, the Hierophant. It is your task to conduct the celebrants to the chamber of Isis that was Athena's gift to the sons and daughters of what is now called Egypt, and was taken to contain the tears of the mother of Christ by the milksop children of Rome. You are the path between us, between man and God, and the meeting will be there, in that place, where all things may be done or undone. It is the fulcrum, what Pythagoras called the thumb of the universe. You shall shed blood in the chamber, and your part in this shall, be, shall end. You and I will go our separate ways. You with my money, and I with your shark. My shark? I can't believe this, but I don't want to give it to him. Shit, am I actually going to die over a neurosis? I think I am. I think I'm going to tell him no, right here and now. Stop, stop, I don't need to do that. I just have to play along. If I can get to a phone, I can work miracles. I open my mouth to say no. Of course, Megalos says meditatively, you will wish to marry your Stella. That can be arranged. This comment about the phone earlier, we briefly get a story about the kinds of protection that enormous wealth can provide. Kyriakos compares it to superpowers. You know, he says, I could basically fly and have laser eyes, but In practical terms, he tells a story about a guy named Bill who woke up in a hotel room with an absurd quantity of high-grade cocaine, quote, an absurd quantity of high-grade cocaine and a dead model. Bill is a sub-billionaire. He's, quote, he's worth about U.S. $400 million, which is private island rich, but by the standards of the 1,500, that means billionaires, he's basically a pet. Bill makes a phone call. The woman on the line informs him that it will cost about $2.1 million because, quote, this is not a particularly difficult situation. 20 minutes later, a guy shows up at his door with a bag full of clothes, an exit plan for Bill, and a full alibi for him as well. The point being, the kind of money Kyriakos has is basically built-in insurance against any kind of danger, including the one he's in right now. So over and over again throughout the chapter, Kyriakos is just repeating, if he can just get to a phone, he can solve all of this. But having Stella on offer is different. We're not exactly talking about the Stella that died. We're talking about this other girl, his kidnapper, who doesn't look like exactly like Stella, but close enough. And also in so many ineffable ways, reminds him of her intensely. Like they're not identical, but they look very similar. And she has all the mannerisms and all of the just like seemingly memories, ways of being. She just embodies Stella. Do we have this new person's name? Yes. She's mostly referred to as Stella. Megalos makes a comment that she was previously named Adrastea, but she's been immersing herself in becoming Stella. Megalos reminds him of their earlier conversation about the Persian Immortals that, quote, "...the soldier is not the man, the soldier is the variable. The man is just the number. The number may be expended, changed, even removed, but the equation is eternal." So this woman will take the symbolic place of Stella and will, in effect, become Stella. And it's nonsense, but Kyriakos follows, and he kind of wraps himself through all of the logic of, like, if a woman speaks as Stella and acts as Stella and looks like Stella and believes she is Stella, how is she not Stella? I want to say that each of us, second by second, becomes the person we are next, and Stella did not become who this, whoever this woman will be. Stella died in the hospital. But that is to prejudge, to beg the question. That is to ex- assume exactly what is under discussion. The new woman's body, you might object, is not Stella's, or rather her DNA is not the DNA that Stella was born with. No, it is not. But if Stella were to be treated for a genetic disease with modern treatment that would change her DNA, would I say that she is no longer herself? Blah, blah, blah. No, of course not. All right, then how is genetic medicine Stella different from evil Megalos Stella? Well, there would be a chain of consequence leading from that body to this one, a transitional liminality or gradient by which Stella at time T might identifiably become Stella at T plus one, T plus two, T plus three, and so on until the transition is complete and the DNA at T is nothing like the DNA at T plus N. The The chain of transformation is clear. The woman from the past would become the woman in the present. But here again, this new Stella would become Stella little by little, slowly arriving at Stellaness through study, application, and performance rather than gross physical manipulation. The process of transition would be mimetic rather than corporeal, but I've already acknowledged that the woman is not the cells. If I want to deny it, and I do not wish to invoke a separate soul, I must say there is an essence of thinking Stella, a thing that is created in the body that constitutes the person that that thing ceased when Stella died. But how then to distinguish the old essence from the new? By what criteria? would they be separate? If identical in shape and form, in structure and in function, would they be divided only by time to itself a mysterious quantity? If consciousness is a thing created in the lowest levels of matter, could I say in honesty that the same imprint with the same energy running through it was not the same person? If Stella had died during an operation to save her life, then been resuscitated, would I reject her as a different person? If not, then I must account for my willingness to believe that she is still Stella, but my rejection of evil Megalos is Stella, and so on and so forth. So he's going through all of it. He has to examine his own blind spots and blah, blah, blah. And finally, he says, what if Megalos is right? Stella, she could be with me and I with her forever, so long as there are people who will become the Hierophant and his wife. We wanted eternity, and there it is. There's a transformation, if you like, the Hierophant and his wife. I know that this is wrong. I know it is flawed somehow. It must be. I just can't find a way to explain its wrongness. More mathematics. It is not enough to have an instinct for a statement. You must be able to express it in a form that can be tested and deployed. And I so very much wish it were real. So using math to travel through philosophy to try and come to grips with this very impossible situation in front of her. And Megalos says... Stella, or better, as her old name is still true, we should call her Adrastea. She does not hate you. She is angry with you for making her wait, upset because your unbelief makes her own immersion more difficult. Do you see? She is more than one person, not two halves in conflict, but two wholes existing where only one should be. For Stella to live, Adrastea must be unmade. Adrastea fears ending, but is determined. Stella is impatient to resume her life. Who she is in this moment is contingent upon events which have not yet taken place, thus a most painful conflict of ontology. She told me she dreams mathematical proofs, and when she wakes there is nothing in her mind that can comprehend them. She must become Stella, soon, or she will fray. If you are too slow to follow, you may lose her to another, just as you might if you had never met. She will be Stella, and she will not wait forever in the face of your doubt. No, Stella only had contempt for dithering. Megalo sighs, acknowledging my difficulty. You can have paradise, but you must choose it genuinely, or it will be hell. That is how I shall know your heart, Constantine. Because in this matter, you cannot lie, and you cannot hide. So,
0: you've got a face. So, Megalo is openly claiming that this is like a returned Stella, a like implanted Stella this isn't this was
1: another person biologically and in terms of you know previous life but it, through the you know persian immortals process she has taken up the role of stella and she is doing it basically convincingly and thoroughly enough that she has basically imported stella's psyche upon her own and if this is reminding you at all of Waxman trying to break, beat the connectome security of the witness in the Neath chapters, mm. or the concept of wet jacking in the Gnomon chapter, mm-hmm. or the theory that Neath batted around with Chase Paquette about Diana Hunter's books being mind bombs to change people. Ah, yeah.
0: Well, so I was thinking this whole Diana Hunter Neth Neath looking similar mm-hmm. thing. And that this Stella looks like Stella, but different. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, because she's clearly, like, biologically a different person, right? She grew up, she was born as Adrastea at some point. She joined with Megalos and was convinced or, you know, put into the role of becoming Stella. She's been practicing, she's been working at it and oh, she's doing an excellent job
0: oh so it's not okay i was thinking of it differently i guess Okay. like she she doesn't look like stella i mean she looks similar but they're two they're more like
1: two people who look similar rather than like identical twins got you i got yeah. you got you
0: my bad okay because I, I was thinking of the same kind of situation but i guess reversed if like Diana Hunter had come across Neath and being like, "Holy crap, she looks like a mm. younger version of me." Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, this is a little bit different, but and but we are actually saying that this new person, this 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 new Stella, is seems to be old Stella uh, <laughs> ba- injected basic. Kind of into like okay, how did we get to this new Stella? Because there's been no mention of like a programming thing of like Mm -hmm. of like instilling a memory code type witness thing. No, no,
1: we don't we don't know exactly at this point. All right, but this seems to be kind of the central myth of what Megalos is going after. You know, when he keeps talking about this sort of like the role of the Eternals and this, uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but like, I'm sorry, the Immortals, not the Marvel movie. You know, the Persian Immortals or the idea of this sort of like true spiritual Greece. It's, there's a very sort of fascist myth of rebecoming Allah, like making America great again. That is very much like in what he's driving at, what his entire like political philosophy is and so it kind of makes sense that this is part of part of the project of it you know we will inhabit these immortal forms as true greeks and live a more like mythological life essentially okay yeah let's just accept it yeah right <laughs> Megalos, having made his offer, walks away and Karyakos must decide soon and meet him at his house what he's going to do. A while later, I'm going to call her the Stella for the rest of. Uh... <laughs> okay. So the Stella comes to his room and takes him on a tour of Megalos' village where he's been abducted to. So it's, it's this ancient and beautiful and pure village. And it's, quote, time travel. To a Greece that never was, a vaccinated and aerobicized Olympian pastoral republic. They go to a circle carved in some stone set above some 20 meters above the sea, crashing on rocks. And inside the circle, kind of deep down inset, are some wood boards covered in sand. It kind of looks like a gladiator pit. Stella calls it the Zagra as in a proving circle for trials, not legal trials, but the process of becoming, that is, becoming spiritually Greek in this fascist nationalist cult. And sometimes it is a fighting trial. Sometimes, according to Stella, quote, the test is more symbolic, resonant with the person. Each test is made for the person like a love song. It is a question of rightness and resolved, which again makes me think of of X of swords. Useful there is that word zagra, right? Same root word as Zagreus. From the Gnomon chapter, the sentient planet. Oh, yeah. The sort of Z. The infestate, the, yeah, sort of like a. the um,
0: single consciousness taking the head control of every single living being on the entire planet? It
1: operates more like a disease. You know, it's infectious, Mm -hmm. it it infiltrates you and your defenses. Mm -hmm. And Z is the one who offered Gnomon the chamber of Isis to go kill the five. The five. The banker, the artist, the librarian, slash hunter, and the, the alchemist. Yeah, so Stella grabs Kyriakos' hand. He's just shot full of sensation and memory, full of belief that this is or could be truly Stella. Quote, Stella, as we walk, is more Stella all the time. The longer I spend with her, the more I know her, the less I remember whether she is different from the old Stella. Even the smell of her is right. They almost kiss, but don't. Instead, she points out pilgrims, believers of Megalos, entering the village and prostrating themselves. Quote here, Ahead of me, in the narrow street, she makes an impatient noise. You have a question. Ask it. He thinks, are you her? But doesn't ask that. Instead, I blurt, do you love me? She laughs, unconcerned. Not that one, Constantine. I'll answer that one later. She looks away again. Ask me about something difficult. I don't know where it comes from. What's the chamber of Isis? Because I swear I've heard it before. It is the place the mother goddess set aside from the mortal world, the womb of the new. Perhaps it is one of the pentamycos, the five re- secret recesses of the gods, or perhaps they are all the one chamber viewed from different angles. It is hope and atemporality. It is the holiest of temples, the most mysterious. The next question pops out before I can stop it because suddenly I think she might know. What is happening to me? Between two houses with carpets hanging out to air on the step, she indicates a particular door. She lays her hand on the wood, then shrugs and step backs, steps back. You are the promise of our coming dawn. I don't know what that means. Uh, just real quick, the, the name of the real world fascist party in Greece is called the, the Golden Dawn. So I have a feeling that that's what's being referenced here. He says, I don't know what that means. Stella laughs and her hand reaches out to touch my forehead, just as it always did when her mind found a pathway which mine could not. Did I not make it clear? Stella is much, much cleverer than I am. Stella was. The same cool fingers, sure and knowing. The, sta- the same thumb against my temple. The quick blessing of pressure. The old Stella would kiss me. This one, uh, this new one is still cautious. She hesitates, then retreats. The omission of cool absence. The ghost touch of an intimacy missed. Instead, she explains. Megalos leads us to a new world, and that world is reached through a gateway of understanding. The transition is hard. We have been trained against it by the Cartesian method that underpins modernity. We see as shadows all that is real as and as gold all that is dross we must work to change what we understand only willingly can we enter the new greece by study and deep commitment but you constantine you are ineluctable you are infused with a god as if our world has already arrived your mind is modern and yet in you is the ancient, hale and vibrant and consuming. You are the Orpheus gone into the underworld and retrieved, not Eurydice, but Persephone, or her dam. And yet she waits. She has brought chaos to the world, and our cause is advanced, but she remains with you. Perhaps she is content. Perhaps she is trapped. Perhaps you hold her back. You are a puzzle box, and you contain that which Nicolaus Magallos greatly desires, in that he is a danger to you. You are not so holy, so perhaps any man would do, and you might cede the god to him, or he might take it by force, rip it from you in the chamber. That seems more appropriate. The pathways of old Greece were drenched in blood, after all. What a totally fucking appalling idea. He wants it, she shrugs. He believes he is called to it. He believes, not she believes, not we, he. And if it is not, and if he is not, that is heresy. She sounds as if I have made an improper suggestion at dinner, one that is not without some appeal. If I'm the fan, I must understand even heresy. He asks, how am I supposed to find the chamber? She says, you need only to live. You go to your meeting, inevitably. I'd like to think there's a choice. Of course there's a choice, and this is what you choose. Otherwise, what has already happened cannot have happened, and that is impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, he's set up. He has to go to this meeting, and he has to tell Megalos what he chooses. And what do you know? They're right there already. Hey, Megalos' house house is actually a facade opening into a network of caves in a cliff. The caves are full of people, Kyriakos estimates over a thousand. They're the pilgrims from before. They're all at the end of their pilgrim. And as soon as he enters, they pray to him as the hierophant. Stella guides him through the caves to Megalos. They greet each other with a torn no longer. And Megalos says... The prophetess Cassandra was cursed that she should see the future and never be believed. The goddess Athena was beyond such restriction because belief was not in her nature. She either knew or she did not. The fascination with faith is a Christian invention, of course. When your god simply never shows up, faith becomes quite necessary. (laughs) In any case, long before the Nazarene carpenter, when King Agamemnon took Cassandra as a concubine after the Trojan War, Athena visited the sleeping woman in the shape of an owl and drank the tears from her cheeks as she dreamed in this way cassandra's visions passed to one who can understand and profit by them athena saw this future uh, and he's talking about this current current times this godless world where greece has fallen into poverty and the city that bears her name is flooded with the world's detritus and he's talking about immigrants because he's a racist asshole and weeping in her turn, she prepared against this day. She made a magic room where time does not flow and where the great universal solvent can be created by one of the wise, that alkahest which can loose any prisoner, unshackle the mind of man. Wisdom is the tip of her spear, and with it she slays the serpent of lies. So yeah. now we're talking about the alkahest and the chamber in Ices. the Kyriakos chapter. If you remember, the, the, the chamber also... Popped up in Berihun's chapter, Berihun's chapter, and in Noman's chapter as well. And the serpent of lies here could be a reference to the you know serpent of Garden of, Garden of Eden, but it could also be Zagreus, who mythologically is a serpent or um, shares its root word with it as a snake. But anyway, so now we're yeah we're fully connecting. Megalos' fascist vision, whose tagline is (laughs) torn no longer or regno Learn route backwards to the Alcahest in the chamber with a promise to slay the serpent of lies. Serpent being Zagreus. The purgant ground is Zagra. So it's really, really all of these. Yeah. Megalos also mentions that Cosmatos... The old girl's husband and Stella's uncle is one of his followers. That's not that much of a surprise. He would already kind of tipped his hand. by saying, uh, But anyway, they enter a room full of mosaics and marble sculptures of the Greek gods. I don't know if, they, if I said this before. Megalos is there with them right now. In this uh, sculpture room, a blind young man listens. They say, in the afternoon, a woman artist paints. And Megalos mentions that, quote, there is a man we wanted, but he would not come. And then, too, he is a degenerate African, yet he has remarkable eyes. Mm. So they were trying to get Barry Hoon to paint this. And then he opens another door into a room full of blood. There's people waiting in it and running their hands through it, and the stench of it is just overwhelming. A hair of specks is pulling pulling up bits of organ to read them like a book. (gasps) Yeah. And, quote... This is when I realize how dangerous Megalos is, not because he is evil, but because he is other. We tend to assume that people are in most ways like us, and in most cases, there is an element of truth in that. But Megalos is on another order of different. He literally does not understand why blood should trouble him. The skull in the pool in the blood pool was a cow's, but he should have no difficulty putting a man's body to that use or a woman's if he thought it was it would be more effective in securing his goals. I imagine that he has already found the results no more lucid than with cattle, and since the cattle have more blood and are easier to come by, he hasn't bothered with people again.
0: He's <laughs> he's an economic uh.
1: dreamer. Blood
2: letter. Yeah.
1: So, the next room is the chamber itself. And Kyriakos remember, now remembers where he's heard of the chamber before. It's the Easter egg he found in the game Witness. Oh! And inside the chamber, there are 20 expensive... What they're calling the chamber. It's not actually the chamber. There are 20 very expensive computers all playing the Witnessed. Try, and they're all trying to find the chamber within the <laughs> game. It says... There's been quite a ruckus about this game, I gather. The British right-wing all in an uproar and the usual suspects online calling it an Afro-Communist Feminazi plot or whatever. Come to think of that, I would have I thought Megalos as being one of those people, except that I wouldn't really have pegged him as playing a video games or even being aware of their existence. Perhaps he ran across it when he was looking for modern things of which to disapprove. I say what's on my mind... The F is drawn out. The U in the middle stretches a little. An absolute aggravation. Bathos. I'm going to die of bathos. Well, I avoided one depth in the depths and here I am in a cave looking at another. Of course. The hard CK comes out like breathing. I say the whole again by way of confirmation. Fuck. The Chamber of Isis is a place in a video game. It was made up for the game. It sounds plausible, but it's not real. There was a lot of press about it. Uh, that, a lot of articles about Baudrillard, because there's nothing the nerd world likes more than to think of itself adrift a in a sea of French postmodern philosophy. If you can get Keanu Reeves to play the lead, so much the better.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> So now we're literally talking about Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) And also, Jean Baudrillard was a um, relatively contemporary postmodern philosopher and media and cultural theorist. He died in 2007, and he's most well known for talking about you know, consumerism and his theories of simulation and hyper-reality. And I don't have time to go through those deeply, but Nico will tell you all about them. (laughs) Continuing this quote here, the lead designer, a British woman I remember, said she had coded it to be possible but vanishingly hard to find the way into the chamber of ISIS. And that sort of challenge issued to the internet usually stands for about a day. But the chamber and witnessed evidently resists intrusion. A group in Denmark actually went through the code line by line and still couldn't do it. Apparently the coding itself is encrypted, a vastly sophisticated thing that uses external verification and all sorts of crap the NSA gets very excited about. But I got in, drunk and stoned and ichthyphalic, orgasmic even if I remember. Nikolaos Magalos wants me to find a place that exists insofar as it has ever existed at all inside the conceptual penumbra of a popular toy. Interesting. Yeah. Professor Cosmatos, Stella's uncle, is also there. He says that the shark doesn't care about the real world or the video game, real Stella or fake Stella. Everything is just signs and symbols. This is a lot of what Baudrillard talks about in the simulacrum and uh, all of that. So a game made out of signs is just as symbolically real to a god as our mater- piddling material world. Like it's one extra, you know, emanation down the line of a world created by gods or a world created by man, it, they're both significantly enough beneath him that it doesn't really need to think, you know, care about the difference. And think here about layers of reality, simulation, living, you know, theories of living in simulations, water falling, and also, yeah. So Kyriakos gets pissed off and he punches Cosmatos in the face. (coughs) Megalos approves. This is the power that Kyriakos has here. He can do something like this to anybody but Megalos and all of the congregation can just say, yes, you are the Hierophant. Do it. (laughs) Megalos asks if he wants to challenge Cosmatos in the circle The Zagra that Stella pointed out before Kyriakos says no So Megalos has them shake hands But Megalos is looking too smug by half Kyriakos just shed blood in the chamber And he notes blood is always a payment or a price Megalos tells a history of the chamber, which I won't go into here. He says it was created in 1657, copied from a clay sculpture made in 431 BC. The Knights of Malta wove it as a tapestry and were hanged for their heresy. Chamber was drawn in blood inside the Trojan horse as a gateway for an army of thousands inside the castle. So is this all bullshit? Quite possibly. (laughs) (laughs) But Kyriakos finally agrees to find the ch- chamber inside the game, not for Megalos's vision, but because he realizes, listen, Witnessed is an online game, and if he can play it for a bit unsupervised, he won't need the phone. He'll have his mm-hmm. escape plan. So there's one last room that Megalos decides to show Kyriakos, and it's Stella's room. They have a long evening together and then eventually... Just beautiful, poignant sex, but not entirely as Kyriakos and Stella. She's still somewhat her own person, or it's something different. And she finally goes to answer Kyriakos' earlier question. Constantine? I puff lightly back into her mouth, the lightest of movements shaping words. Yes. Her lips tickle mine. I do not believe in love. It is a figment of the mind created by biology for the propagation of, species, of the species, nothing more but I love you. I laugh. She has not changed. We had this exact conversation nearly 20 years gone. I love you. Confirmation, love, desire, need, hunger, want, all true, all equally present in this moment. She shuts her eyes, shudders, slides along my skin, back, teasing herself, teasing me for for what? Not just effect, not just to raise the pitch. I can feel it in the way she clings. I'm not entirely unraveled. Cosmatos may be the expert on signs, but in this one area of his discipline, I will bet my own head I am his master. I can read the subtext in her touch. This is more than lust, more than love even. As she moves, clenches, reach, strokes, she is seeking something, not in me, but in herself. What is it exactly? Not clarity. God knows. You don't need to find that here, in the white heat of hormonal overdrive. Healing? Damnation? No. This has the flavor of neither. It is a new thing, a thing I've never seen anyone seek in sex. I think I know what it is. I do. Yes, I do. Courage. And as she grips one of my legs between hers and presses one hand down on my chest, she has found it. My hands travel, my body moves. For a long time, I am touch. Then I hear her draw breath, and she whispers, Listen to me, Constantine. Please listen. Parentheses, oh God, yes. No, listen, there's something you must know. Parentheses, hmm. Megalos has changed his plan. Do you understand? He means to have the God out of you. Take it. He thinks it was misdelivered, that you are to carry it to him and no further, or that you are a mistake. Her fingers grip, grasp, slip away. Parentheses, yes, oh yes. He believes he can draw it out in the old way with blood and sacrifice, your sacrifice, your blood. He will take you to the Zagra and there you will fight. Everyone will see him ascend. Apotheosis. Then he will open the doors of mystery himself, blessed by his God, anointed in your death. He will come for you. Maybe even tonight it will happen. Yeah. Ah, yes. (laughs) He will fight you and he will kill you. And I cannot let it be. Touch me. Don't stop. Touch me. I am not Stella. I am not. I never was never will never be Stella like you. I I like you. I want you. Parentheses. God, I do. But I am not Stella. My name is Diana Hunter, and I am not mad. I am not. There is so much to tell you. I can save you. We need to leave here now, tonight, before we die. You must get me out of here. Get both of us out of here.
0: Uh. (laughs) Uh. What? Yeah. Um...
1: And then of all the moments that have ever existed, she rides down and rears back onto her hips and cries out. And we are frozen in that perfect moment. Fucking tits of Zeus. That's from the game. It's dialogue from the fucking game. And earlier we established that this, the Stella, this not Stella has been playing Witnessed and was very good at it because she has a lot of practice in being not herself, being other people, essentially. (laughs) The woman I thought might be the dead woman I love returned to life tells me she is not but she loves me anyway, and she needs my help. She is someone else, and that someone else is living the life of the central character in a simulation that her appalling cult guru or end of level boss thinks is, contains the secret magic root of the world tree or, or the ejaculate of Christ or whatever it is. Of all the fucked people there have ever been, no one is more fucked than I am. If it is possible to have an orgasm from a combination of gasping, desperate gratification, and sheer horror, that is what happens. You're okay. <laughs> And a couple pages later, we we get a second yeah, confirmation. This is Diana Hunter is the name of the main protagonist in Witness. But also, this is, this is the operating layer of the world. There are, this is, is this the same Diana Hunter reaching through layers of reality, through the chamber, reaching to find Kyriakos to deliver a message? That seems to be. Congruent with the rest of the plot
0: But God Oh What is the original Diana Hunter Is the original Diana Hunter The witnessed character or the one That died on the table In, in, in current Britain Man <laughs> hmm? This is something we don't know yet this raises too many questions. <laughs> uh, do, uh, um, okay, okay. Uh, t- timeline, real quick. Yeah, the witnessed game. When did it come out? Twenty
1: sixteen.
0: And but the but the book the but Nias is set in some two hundred years. In, no, not two hundred. Sorry,
1: some like fifty to eighty years in the future.
0: So they're not at the same time. <laughs> That's the point I'm getting at here. You're correct. But, and, and, and is, this is now, this is playing in Neath's head, right? This is her memory. And she's going to see that Stella's going to be like, my name is Diana Hunter. And then, the, and then, and then we're establishing that Diana Hunter is the name of the, of the, of the protag of The Witness, the video game. All in this memory. Of Di- this is Diana Hunter's memory.
1: Because we're still, we're st- this is right, we're still. This is Dan.
0: This is <sighs> all of Hunt Kyriakos- Yeah, This is, Diana's hun- yeah, is a memory from Diana Hunter of jumping into Diana Hunter's mind, yeah. right? Yes, which is also. And and, and, and the Barry, the Barry Hoon
1: chapter, which also contains the witness, is also a Diana Hunter memory, yes, right? Right, 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 right. But I think you're still answering, asking useful questions about, you know, what actually is the primary and where did this all come from.
0: So, yeah, okay, but this, yeah, but 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 witnessed protag and and Stella Diana Hunter quoting protag is happening in like 2016, 2017. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> yeah,
1: so i'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going with this chapter here. You know, now that this illusion has been punctured, no matter how completely and convincingly she performs Stella, some part of her it's clear doesn't believe she's Stella, whether she's Diana Hunter or Ajustea or something else, the whole thing and like uh Megala said before, you have to choose. Or and it has to be your authentic choice or else the whole thing is not heaven but hell. So Kyriakos wakes up in the middle of the night and you know has a a longing look at at Stella while or at not Stella while he figures all this out. And then he goes to the computer, starts playing the game, and they find him there in the middle of the night trying to trigger the Easter egg.
0: He's still gonna go play the damn game. All right.
1: Well, like you said before. (sighs) This isn't entirely. If he doesn't do
0: the game, then this is never going to happen.
1: Well, no, but also, (laughs) right? He, it's a networked game, so being on, right? Yeah, that's his escape plan. So, like, not Stella said, he's taken to the zagra to face off against Megalos, but it's not a fight between the two. Instead, some of Megalos's acolytes pull up the wooden floor of the zagra, and down below is just a pit of dark, you know, darkness down to seawater and chum inside.
0: No. Summoning a shark. Just no. to face off
1: directly against his godhead for it to decide whether to spare him again and in so doing transfer his favor to
0: Megalos. Okay, now this is, this is happening a little too, I mean, there hasn't been enough time for me to forget about <laughs> Athenaeus turning into a shark and not eating a fat Greek man. Well,
1: but is that this or is that the last time in the Mediterranean when the favor was delivered upon him? <sighs> okay, keep going. Because <laughs>
2: it's. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. Could be either, I suppose. He's thrown in, and as he swims, he finds that not Stella, wrapped in a blanket, was thrown in too. They try to swim away from the chum and towards the open sea, but they're too slow. And I'll just finish it off with a quote here. One eye comes up out of the water. I read an article in in a dive magazine explaining that they can't see well in air. They aren't really interested in looking at you anyway. She can't possibly recognize me. Other sharks couldn't, maybe, but this one is mine. My god. A gray shape in a dark place, a black eye and a white face. And, I, and still, I can see her perfectly, Locke gazes with her. I can feel the burning on my wrist where I used to wear my watch. She knows me, the way you know your own skin, your own breath. Constantine, Stella says. The shark is touching her with its nose, prodding at her. Poke, poke, nudge. Constantine, she says again. Another piece of diving advice flicks through my mind. Don't piss yourself. I'm going to get out of here and buy that damned magazine. And I'm going to fire every fucker who ever wrote for it twice. I am Constantine Kyriakos and these in the cold water full of awful are my balls. I will live through this. We both will. I fucking swear it on my life, on my god. The shark circles away from Stella, away from me, back out along the channel. Is she leaving or just getting a run up? She just dis- she disappears. It had not occurred to me that her absence would be more appalling than her presence, but a shark you cannot see but knows there is a thousand times worse than the one you can observe. The water surges, like a bouncy castle exploding underfoot. I hear Stella scream, but only very briefly, and then I feel a sudden compression in my knees and a lurch of weightlessness. Night closes over me, lambent and glistening, as if I'm falling into the darkness of Harrison's cathode ray display. Like that but with teeth.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's the there end of the chapter.
0: Is. Ah, geez.
1: And I'll just do the next chapter real quick as well.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: What are we up to now? Chapter 18? 18. 18. And this is called As If His World. Quote, she barely even wakes this time and was, bar- oh, again, this is a seraph chapter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She barely even wakes this time and was barely asleep at all. The last of Kyriakos' ordeal is laid almost directly over her vision, as if this world and hers are made of negative images of one another, so that if she fixes her eyes on him, she can see the moonlit sea churning in the pit, and if she looks away, there's just a hat stand and a cheap office desk, and they are the same. Fifteen minutes have passed. Her mind feels stretched, even
0: roomy. That's the chapter. All right, dude. Your mic is amazing because it is picking up some ethereal sounding screams right now. Oh no! Trust me, they're quite loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was so calm and nonchalant. Oh no, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> hey,
1: apartment apartment living in New York City.
0: Gotta love it. Yeah, right, dude. It's <laughs> dude. It's it's creepy. Like mm-hmm. if. Too bad you couldn't time it to, like, when we're, like, walking through the (laughs) bloodbath. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so my one thing. Okay, at this point. At this point. Because every single damn sentence is connected to every other single damn sentence. More (laughs) so than in a normal story. Shut up anyone who's trying to to pick apart what I'm about to say. I'm... Slightly disappointed that there was only four rooms explored in this chap in this place in 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 what Megallus's place. There was the Zagre, there's the bloodbath, there's the 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 computer room, and then Stella's room. And I think there should have been a fifth room.
1: There might have been more. I don't know. That's a good that were. Oriented. There's a, yeah, there's a good eye. Cuz there was also the sculpture room before the I don't know. There there might have been even even more than five rooms though. I that's a good eye. I didn't check for that. I can go back
0: and reread and and let you know for sure how many rooms there are. Sure. Go for it. Because okay. like it was just like we were just progressing to like room to room to room mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, "Ah, oh, jeez." <laughs> i have then to admit like our, and then I, we get one more room and yeah. i was like oh number four that's that, that's it
1: yeah i might have left one out i i wasn't i wasn't counting and uh that's it's good on you
0: <laughs> so these last few chapters i haven't been writing a whole lot of notes because i get really engrossed in the story yeah And so, like, that is, like, one of the only things that I wrote down. (laughs) There was this entry room, bloodbath, computer room, and Stella's room. (laughs) And then I wrote, I went back and wrote down that Magalis is clearly the bad guy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, okay, so chapter 18 is done. So I can't imagine what 19 is going (sighs) to be. Because yeah, we finished our catabases.
1: 19 is crazy. I am really stoked for it. Unfortunately, I didn't prep it in time for the next podcast, which, spoilers, <laughs> I don't know. It are, starts are, are in we, a few minutes. Yeah, it starts in a few <laughs> minutes. Yeah. We're doing it. But it's
0: going to be released. Yeah, it's uh, going to be
1: released in normal time.
0: Yeah, because we got to give Nip some, some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, oh, man, what a, what a, it's, uh, it's weird. So, I guess, like, chronologically speaking, it's strange, it's, it's annoying or strange or something. Maybe it's just because we have a different set of knowledge. But, like, (laughs) like, Kyriakos' two chapters are, like, the first chapter is directly connected to his second chapter because mm-hmm. they take they like pick up right after each other. Right after, yeah. But like there's so many more reveals and payoffs in the second chapter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But like as a memory, if you just watched that one memory, it would be it would feel weird. Yeah. Just just from a like Yeah. Th- thinking of their own individual storylines mm-hmm. standpoint. It's strange, but the way that it's set up, it's reveal after reveal after payoff after payoff. But, like, through through a Diana Hunter timeline, it makes right. sense. But right. From, but but from Kyriakos's individual mental timeline, mm-hmm. he's living a very strange life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like Barry Hoon and. and yeah. And.
1: Totally. Um, and Annie and, and yes. Ethneus Yeah.
0: Yeah but you know, it's really it is it's that's it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a big deal at all. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, Athenaeus. when does that take place again? Like three hundred, right?
1: Like yeah, like 380. Okay. That's what I thought. Or 400, right. I forget, but I think 300.
0: Yeah. But yeah, because Kyriakos and Barry Hoon are pretty overlapped. Barry Hoon is before Kyriakos cuz Barry Hoon he's older. Is older, and his granddaughter is the one that creates the witness that Kyriakos like finds Easter again. So like, mm-hmm. it's clearly, yeah. But yeah, but then Athenaeus is just so far back; it just, yeah, it kind of changes the whole
1: scope of everything. It's a real, right. real
0: outlier, right? Just because Athenaeus is a you know derivative of Athena, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if there was going to be. A connection for that with right Magallus's whole game plan of, of talking about Athens and yeah, talking about yeah. Athens and all the immigrants and Athena and all this other shit, and yeah i did, I didn't know if he was going to go down this other path of like, mm. have you heard of this person, Athenaeus? right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah didn't didn't do that, so it's fine. absolutely <laughs> really fine, oh boy, well, wild. Yeah. So stay tuned next time for more a, a few more comics and some. Uh, or do you want teasers? Should we just go? or should we just break and go into our next? Let's episode? just break and go into our next episode. Okay. So I guess we'll just put the we'll just put the outro music here. Oh, look at you, so decisive. That's so
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, cut, it. cut it and uh, I'll take. I'm going to grab
2: some more water. Awesome. Great. I'm going to get some of drink too. That's Excellent. Cut the recording.